0: Lord, after a short break. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This evening, as has already been we mentioned, we're talking, continuing where we started last night on the fear of God. And so, um, if you have your Bible, last night, Pastor Bimpon, um started off with a scripture from Psalm 111 in verse 10 where it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. And there were a lot of other useful points that he brought across that I believe touched all of us. And um, he explained to us what the scripture meant by the fear of God. And then went on to talk about the benefits of fearing God. And um, at least we can remember that when one fears the Lord, God fights for you. And then we also remember that he said, when you fear the Lord, God promotes you, as in the case of Joseph and Daniel. So we're trusting God to help us to understand a few more things about this subject of the fear of God. And then um, we not just hear us, but we'll be able to live it in our lives. Amen. So let us bow our heads for prayer as we continue. Father, we thank you for tonight and for the privilege of coming before you. We pray that we will understand your word and we'll utter your word by the Spirit. Strengthen us as we hear your word. That Lord, we will not be hearers, but we'll live your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, tonight we'll continue on the fear of God, but the emphasis will be on developing the lifestyle of the fear of God, and then also um, we're looking at the practical application um, of the fear of God in certain areas or aspects of our lives. And briefly, we'll look at the price or the challenges of living in the fear of God. Because when you decide to fear God, it doesn't come easy in terms of your experience with men and with spirits, and even sometimes with God, it's not as simple that the fact that you say, oh, ask for me, I've chosen to fear God, it will just come rosy. And the scriptures um, affirm that, that there's always a price to pay when you want to make a choice. But Paul wrote to Timothy and said to him, in 2 Timothy 3, 12, he said that all that will seek to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, it's it's, it's an announcement that the desire, much as is beneficial, much as is good, much as it pleases God to fear him, there also is a price. It's not that simple. And there are many, many instances in the scriptures that um, support that. In the Old Testament, remember the story of a man called Micaiah, when the the prophets, some prophets went to, um, I think 400 prophets went to prophesy before a king. And they all lied before the king. But when he was, he went, he said, he doesn't want to defy what God has told him to say. And when he told what he said, God had told him to say because he feared the Lord. uh, He was, given a few slaps, and he was at a point even incarcerated. We can talk about um, uh, uh, um, Job, who feared the Lord, and we saw what happened to Job. Even Satan accused him before God, and eventually he lost his family, he lost his business, he lost everything around him, he went through physical torment. So, fear of God is not as rosy. Hallelujah. And that is why Paul when he was crying to God in in the book of Corinthians um, in a time of his agony and he said I besought the Lord thrice, and the Lord said "Eh, my grace is sufficient for you so we thank God that much as the fear may bring some uh, discomfort or pain or some loss um, the truth of the matter is that God also provides sufficient grace for us to overcome whatever we are deprived of hallelujah and another thing that happens usually when people fear god especially in a community be it christian or christian is that there's usually there the are conspiracies and you see it in the life of daniel when daniel feared the lord the bible say that uh, in the time of Darius, all the other vice presidents and colony heads they came together and they conspired and they said we will not get anything against daniel except the way he worships his God. So if we can get the king to pass a law, which is very strong, as be against the serving of God, of so that will cause him not to fear his God, in terms of service to God, then he will uh, uh, he will break that rule, and serve some other God, or maybe not serve God, pray at all, and then through that we can uh, uh, we, we, we can bring him down, and they, they succeeded until they managed to get a king to get him to the lion's den. So, the Lord delivered him in the midst of that situation. Amen. So, the truth of the matter is that um, the fear of God, much as it's important, also comes with a price. It doesn't come easy. But the assurance is God will always be with us even when we are paying the price. When people judge or misjudge because of the fear of God when people conspire against us because we fear God definitely God will come in handy hallelujah and um, if you have been a christian for long at least 5 to 10 years uh, you you will be able to tell me i can tell you that in many situations as a christian one has had to um, because of making a choice in favor of God and saying that oh this Cannot be, because this has to be a a, a godly choice. It has led to some consequence. Sometimes some benefit now is due you, or some privilege that is due you, or some honor that you think should be due you. Because you fear the Lord, you are dishonored, you are disrespected. And people look down on you, or people don't give you what is due you, because you fear the Lord. Hallelujah. It may be a promotion, it may be even a respect, just saying good morning or good afternoon, just because you are a Christian and you've chosen not just to be a Christian, but a Christian who has chosen to walk in the fear of God, not to be like the poor of the world, you should expect that somehow people will, you know, try to rough, rough you up one way or the other. But that is the price we pay for the fear of God. Amen. So, let's move straight into the Developing the lifestyle. I've noticed that from what Pastor Bimpong shared last night and what we know about the fear of God, I realize that it has to be a lifestyle. Hallelujah. It has to be something that is part of us. If it's not a part of you, you realize that in certain areas we will show the fear. In certain areas, will not show. But if it's a part of you, you'll be able to stay and then God himself will be, um, um, uh, uh, God will be happy or God will endorse it, approve the fear that is upon you. And there are many instances in the scriptures and in our own daily lives that can show what I'm talking about. That sometimes in certain places, it seems very easy not to walk in the fear of God. And, And I'll give you an example. Sometimes you will see that when you are in school or in an environment where it is, or in church, we are shielded somehow. It's very difficult to do certain rough things. Now, when people, especially students or younger people, when they migrate, maybe they become students in another country, where there's no mother and there's no father, you realize somebody who used to be Scripture Union president, suddenly he starts smoking. In fact, on Sunday, I was having a chat with one of our uh, brethren after the service. And he said to me, Pastor, what you preached has settled something about a relative of mine that I was in secondary school with. When we were in junior forms, up to form five, he was my role model spiritually. He took me, they were the people, we were the bad boys, they were the good guys went to scripture union, joined this fellowship, that singing group and that and that and that. But I realized that after he went to America and he was in this school and that school, his values have changed. Now he says he's he's not Christian, he's like atheist or something. He doesn't serve God. And I realized that environment that people find themselves in affects them one way or the other. And then they are the same God that they used to revere, that they would have their quiet time, they would read a Bible, they would be in fellowship, they would want to be with, among the children of God. Suddenly, it's like, they don't care. And then the same people who were uh, afraid of even a bottle of alcohol, now they like hard liquor. They like other things that normally doesn't suit them. You find him smoking and he's not sh- ashamed. Because... The, 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 the fear of God has been uh, say localized. It is within a certain sphere. If I'm in a certain environment, then the fear of God works. But If I'm in a different environment, then it doesn't work. And that is why it's important to understand that this thing we are talking about is a lifestyle. Hallelujah. If it doesn't become a lifestyle, it becomes very difficult. And you Remember when we were in secondary school, when we are coming home, the scripture union leaders used to tell us, when you come home, make sure that you have your quiet time, you do this, join this fellowship, join the... Because most people, when they come home, they will backslide for the two or three months of vacation. Then when you come back, then you come back into it. So when they come, they will go to all the wild, wild activities. You know, all the clubs and parties and wild, you know, things. So when you come then in the scripture, you start again. So you see that the fear of God was very seasonal. It was like some of our our Greek products. You know, there are seasons that some of them come. Mangoes come at certain times. Bananas come at certain times. And for many people, the fear of God is very seasonal. If I'm in church, if I'm in maybe communion, you see, on Sunday, you see how the whole place is not very frail. You see, on Sunday, for a lot of people, Sunday Communion Day is a time to revere God. Are you with me? But some other days, is the time to do some other, enjoy in the world. Just be there, be normal. You know, so, but we must understand that this thing about the fear of God is for all times, in all seasons, in all places. Say amen. So how do I move from the seasonal fear of God to become an evergreen, all the time, all weather, and not a fair weather fear of God? That only when things are okay. Some people fear God when life is cool and rosy. When everything works for them, then they fear God. Or when they have a strong pastor or somebody calling on their door every minute and checking on them, then the fear of God is there. So everybody thinks this person is very good. But when they turn around, they are different. Some people, it's only when they church people around. When 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 you go to their family, their parents, and you ask about their apostle, oh, this person, is he also in your church? Because they have a, they, the family people know him or her differently. Hallelujah. Then the people in the workplace also know him differently. And different environments or different constituencies know him or her differently. That is why we must, that is something, that is what they call duality. It means that people, different, it's like a chameleon, different people know you differently. When it's like that, it's not the right biblical fear of God. Hallelujah. And there are people that, oh, a pastor knows you. And we all know that, oh, this is a good, committed brother. This person loves the Lord, fears the Lord. But you come to certain environment and people know him or her differently. May it not be so said of us. Say amen. Okay. So now, let's look at some people, how to develop the lifestyle of the fear of God. The first thing that I realized is that we must develop friendship with the Holy Spirit and know that God is ever present. And I see this in Psalm 51, verse 11, when David spoke, when David said, and he called, he said, "Create in me a clean renew a right spirit in me." Take not your Holy Spirit from me. I realized that even when he faltered, one thing that David was conscious of, he said, if the Holy, your Holy Spirit leaves me, I'm finished. And why is it so? Because it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction. That reminds us that, no, you are deviating. That reminds you that what you did is wrong. If you live a life where you, no, nothing convicts you, Anywhere, anytime, you do whatever it pleases you, then there is a problem. That is why we must cut the prayer. We must know about the ever, the omnipresence of God. When we know that God is everywhere, even in, you know, uh, David said, "When I go into the ocean or under the sea, you are there. When I'm in the forest, you are there. Wherever I am, you are there." When that understanding is, that spiritual understanding is in one's heart. When I know that God is present wherever I am, I find myself, it's one of the strongest checks on a believer's life to make sure that he walks in the fear of God. But when a believer believes that, oh, God is only in church, or God is only in a prayer meeting, which is loud, or which is very pious, which is very solemn, or when a pastor is monitoring me, or my husband or my wife, or somebody is policing me, then I'm, uh, I, I, I revere God. When it's like that, it's very easy. When that policeman or woman is not there, then it's easy not to f- walk in the fear of God. Say amen. So, what I believe that the child of God must understand that God is ever present. The scripture says, our very present help in time of need. We must understand that wherever we go, when I move into the ocean, he's there. When I go to the office, he's there. When I come to the room, he's there. And I need him every hour. The hymn writer's song. I need thee every hour. It must be a song on our hearts every time. When you understand that thing, it changes the way you operate seasonally with God. When things are rough, you know some people when things are rough, things are not the way they want, they say, okay, I'll this one there we can use any method. This one is not God, God matter. This one is not Bible, Bible matter. It means the fear of God has left you. But when you know that even in adversity, God is still there. as my very present help in time of need. It changes. It makes when I'm making a decision, even in adversity, that people will say who said that if they are cheating me, then I have to make sure that I also revenge. Say Papa in Bonnyafe. Even though he is born again, she seems to be born again speaking in tongues. When they are, uh, they are pressed down and having an, an issue, they will just quickly say that, oh, if good it will not help me, then be baptized. Although no, they are in church, but when they are in adversity, they will look for somebody to go and curse on their behalf and throw or something like that. And though will speak in tongues. They can, they can speak in tongues. Especially those of my people from Kumasi there, they can speak in tongues prophesy and everything and if you like offend him or her then you first thing you do is to go and break an egg and cast because they don't understand and it's sad it's because they don't do it only in commerce when they travel even in america or in europe they do it <laughs> hallelujah they can fight they can quarrel, and you wonder is this the same person who is so Happy serving God, singing, they can sing worship songs, and uh, you will feel the presence of God for one hour. Some, they know all the words, some of the difficult vocabulary or language and lyrics that we struggle with. Oh, they can quote the songs. And they can quote in three, as we say, King James 3. They can quote and tell you how God does A, B, C, D. A moment somebody provokes them, you see that that's when they put it aside. Because they, have, they see God as a seasonal God. And most of the time, people who do that are people who use God, who want to use God. Who see God only as the provider of their problems, of their needs. When you begin to serve God, it begins that way. When you see God only as somebody who supplies your needs, not somebody that you are in a relationship with, who you are also seeking to please when you you don't see god as somebody who is working with you that you aim to live with finally it can make you like that say amen so if we want to develop a lifestyle of the fear of god where in every situation of life we know that we still need to fear god i tell you the first and foremost thing is to covet the presence of god anytime you are wherever you are make sure remind ourselves that god is here where i'm going god is here and even when the enemy is coming like a flood and the temptation is coming and the desire to rebel against god is strong because you are aware that god is there it becomes a struggle And by somewhere somehow god will provide a way of escape say amen but if you just Go into life and understand, oh, as for here, God is not here. As for there, God is there. As for this person, it's only this person who's worrying me in the church and wanting me to live this way or that way and to walk perfect. Oh, he is not there, now I'm free. When it's like that, it's very easy to uh, walk outside of the fear of God. Say amen. Another thing i studied from the scripture that helps and will help you to, to walk in the fear of God it's when you are eternity conscious. When you are a eternity conscious. And I saw it, you know, in, in the book of Luke. The gospel according to Luke in 23. The, 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 the what do you call it? The poor, the, the, the thief on the cross with Jesus. The Bible said that there were two evil men. King James says malefactors. Whatever that means, I don't know. Malefactors or malefactors evil men bad people criminals one was saying that ah, if you are the uh, uh, what, what do you call it if you are the, the son of god save yourself and save us and the other said that don't you fear what he said don't you fear and the man was conscious because he why i'm saying he was conscious is that he said that when you enter your kingdom remember me hallelujah so because he was conscious. It restrained, even though he was a bad man, you know, he couldn't say certain things. Sometimes, there are people that we all know have a bad reputation. But sometimes, some of them, um, they fear God more than some of us, even in church. You'll be surprised. You understand what I'm saying? That sometimes, in certain situations, some of them, they may not even go to church and all, but they fear. And don't think that, that when we talk about fear of God, it's only people who are born again who, are, who fear God. Make no mistake. You see it in the Bible. Cornelius, the Bible said he was not born again, but he feared God. So that this thing, it, 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 when you are not born again and you fear God, God locates you. And he gets you to be born again. Uh, people can be walking in the fear of God. They, they may look like the very wild people. And sometimes we who are Christians, we will be judging them and all of that. But in the eyes of God, that person I've identified him, that person I've identified her. then based on the fear that God sees in his or her heart, he will respond. This man on the cross, dying with Jesus, the scripture say that, don't you, he said, don't you fear God? We have done evil. We deserve this judgment. But as for this man, he is a righteous man and he is suffering. Then he told Jesus, he turned and told Jesus, when you get into your kingdom. So it means he he, he knew about the kingdom all along but only the desire to walk in there was the problem for the man. The spirit was willing but the flesh was weak. And Jesus had mercy on him. Hallelujah. So the scripture Makes it clear that a person who is eternity conscious can walk in the fear of God. But if we are not eternity conscious, that's why we must think. I mean, we sing the songs of Zion, talk, read and um, talk about Zion as much as we can. No, because be, be minded, be persuaded about it. Don't get to the point, you know. Today, in one of the reasons why immorality and evil has arrested the church especially the western church is because the western church has lost its eternity consciousness they stop talking and when it's christmas time and easter time a bishop of the church of england will issue a statement which is blasphemous i don't know whether they plan it a bishop of Durham or somebody bishop of one of the prominent cities will suddenly issue a theological statement which will cast doubt on the resurrection of christ or eternity or something like that and they kept doing that for years and in america the same thing they'll go and do research and they'll come that they've seen that this one christ is not perfect and this one so you see a lot of confusion people will be debating debating uh, then the truth of eternity is lost on them hallelujah and with time because well, the, the people don't live in, 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 with eternity in view, there, there, there's nothing to live for. And Paul said to the Corinthians, if in this life alone we have hope, then we are all men most miserable. So that is where it comes from. The, the, the mass immorality and evil in the church. And people, you see that, you see the priests going through the rituals, performing all the liturgy, all the other things, and still, you know, they, are doing, they do the very wild things, and some of them even belong to the mafia and all of that, and it's because they have lost the focus of eternity. They don't talk, they, it's not part of the issue. It's good to talk about good works. It's good they talk about the, 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 the welfare and all of those things, but they don't talk about the kingdom. In fact, they say the kingdom of God is abstract. And they say that if Jesus was around today, he would not even be talking about that. That's what they tell you. And you say, the more you you become uh, earthly-minded, the Bible says that it's destructive. It, it makes you carnally-minded. You see, it's self-destructive. So there's no um, there's no desire to walk in the fear of God. Because what are you? Why are we struggling? Or why are we disciplining ourselves? Why are we depriving ourselves of all the worldly enjoyment? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. That is a philosophy. And when that enters into people, including church, including pastors, including people that preachers today, who who preach that way, who tell you that? There's nothing about eternity. When When you go to their churches, you see that a lot of divorce, a lot of confusion, a lot of immorality because of that. So when you become eternity conscious, in a way, it helps. And in, I'm not saying I'm going to sell all your things saying I'm going to heaven tomorrow. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But even though we are in this earth, we know that we are not of the world. You are conscious that we have some any power may be called. So when that happens, it, it, it helps us to reveal, knowing that it doesn't, we don't walk into eternity that's like that. We are trusting God to help us by His grace, to polish us and to help us by the Holy Spirit through the cleansing of the word, to prepare us for eternity. So that makes you and I be able to stay away from sin and to walk in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Say amen. But when there is no eternity consciousness, we become like the other um, thief. So okay, we and you, we are dying together. Die and let us die. After all die, we die. But when you know that this world is not the end, and it's as, um, is it, um, uh, Jim Reeves also made a song. This world is not our home. When you understand that this world is not our home, it makes all the difference. It, can, it will propel you to walk in the fear of God. Say amen. The third thing that makes a man walk in the fear of God, let's look at Deuteronomy 31 verse 12 and 13. He says, Gather the people together, men and women, children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear, that they may learn, and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the works of this law. R13. And that their children which have not known anything may hear, and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land whether you go over Jordan to possess it. The scripture says faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. When you don't hear about the word of God, you don't know hear about God. Like, you know, like in many schools in the West, they have removed God from the curriculum. Even in religious schools, it's not so easy. The teachers are afraid to preach, to talk about Jesus, to talk about the Father, the Holy Spirit can change, will change a person. When it's like that, people will forget about the fear of God. But when, he said, by hearing. So, people must hear. People should hear. In our everyday church, when we walk with each other, that's why the scriptures say, provoke one another unto love and unto good works. Your friends, in the church and outside the church, in the family, how is your faith? Are you growing? Are you developing? We should feel free to talk about our faith and our experiences. How are you being challenged? How was school this semester? Were you harassed? And did you make it? How was your daily quiet time? Did, were you able to pray? When we talk freely and we realize that, oh, having fellowship, studying the word, being among saints is important. What group do you belong to? All of these things. What is your, as a youth, how, how are you being challenged? Are you, how are you managing the youthful desires? You see, all of these things challenge us. When we use the word of God to address the issues that confront us. But when it's like, oh, Everybody is living his own life. You don't hear about the word of God. You don't know the word view of the world. We need a word view of the world in every situation of life. When it comes to finances, when it comes to investment, you need to have a word view. What is God's word saying about this thing that I am doing? When it comes to even having children, I mean... Abortion, all of these things. You must have your word view. If you don't have a word view, you think that oh, abortion is okay after all if it's an inconvenience, you can go about it this way. If you don't have, if you don't, you are uncomfortable with this. Go about it this way. If this deal is not working, try this other deal. It's very easy. But when you have a word view about procreation, when you have a word view about relationships, when you have a word view, it changes the way you do things. It is the word view that determines the way. We operate in life. Hallelujah. And you know, many times I've said this thing that the Lord spoke to me. He said, your, 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 your spirituality determines your morality. Your spirituality determines morality. In other words, what you believe about God determines what you do right or wrong. If you believe that you have a laissez-faire God who is very free, who doesn't judge who, who, who is very just accept anything you do anything but if you know that God can also judge it changes it doesn't it, hallelujah if you've read the Bible, you've read about Ananias and Sapphira when you are coming here, you are tight, you are cheating you are afraid because your, spirit, your spirituality has taught you that And this thing, God will know about it but when you are spiritual God doesn't know my money money matter is my private matter that is your, your, the way you have spiritualized your understanding of money. When it comes to money, I determine, I choose what I want to do. When it comes to relationships, this is how I want it. I have chosen the way, you know, God cannot interfere with my marital matters because it's my decision. I choose who I want, how I want to marry. When it's like that, God, you, your, your morals, we based on that, when you believe that, oh, maybe before i marry there's nothing wrong like some of our traditional people believe now oh before you marry woman, you must test you must make sure that things are okay and it's traditionally taught that is their spiritual morality the spirituality of the, of marriage or oh, you, have, you haven't heard that before at least i have heard that before <laughs> make sure that you are okay and you are both okay then so that is what is breeding all this living together and all of that see people adults 60 year old 70 year olds they've been living together 20 years they are not married because they, are, they they don't they don't see how that offends god they have not read it but when you read the bible when they've heard it and they said stay it in the gate tell your children tell everybody when it is said not only in church all over in our social discussions we all understand in the newspapers in the, in the on the tv on the radio in our schools However, we find ourselves we get a platform to share our views. This is how we also believe. This is what we believe, and we believe that God wants it this way. Our understanding of spirituality. When we keep saying it, people will have to accept it. Now, when we just say, "Oh, anything goes," some of us we have believe about anyway. This one is your view against my view. It's your uh, everything is accepted. When you do that, what you are doing is that you are you are reducing. You are eroding the fear of God in somebody's life. Hallelujah. Some of us, even as, as, as older people, people ask us questions. What do you think about um, same-sex marriage? Oh, maybe sometimes people have a certain feeling. It's your choice anyway. I don't think it is. You see, when you say that, this, you are defying the scripture. Because when it says when we, he, people hear what God says and how he likes this or he hates this then we pronounce it over and people also operate in it, they walk in the fear of God when we know, when they've heard it over and over, but when there's no, they don't hear it, and like I said about the western countries, in Europe and America and other places, this where we are now, where they are now, is the result of, they not hearing, because they've always had people who say, oh everything is okay you can you can live anyhow you can move anyhow and god i mean god is not so hard how can god they started with that 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 doctrine now how can god be so mean god god wants you to be happy god wants you to be joyful the christianity move from christianity of a long-term relationship god who is just and uh, god God who can judge and also love at the same time to just god who laughs they don't know that god can judge so they only thought, they said, no. Oh, when you do that, you are... In fact, they are, are preachers, they began to steal preachers who would who, who preach and people were afraid. <laughs> they come to your meeting and they cry and they go and steal you. I, I, I've got a nervous problem. She's, she, since she went to that meeting, my teenage girl went to that pastor's meeting and they, they put so much fear in her. Now she, 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 can, she can't balance herself. And they go to court. And the judge says, the pastor, yes, you did, you, you, you harassed the girl. So, gradually, gradually, in many of the, I, I'm telling you the truth. In many Western, especially in America, preachers don't talk about heaven or hell or judgment or, or talk about sins. And they use the word sin. They don't want, because why are you harassing people? Why are you talking evil? Why are you making people uncomfortable? They don't talk about it. And because of that, people just continue to live. And they have nice words for every evil. Everything, everything, they have a nice word. They've couched it to make it acceptable. So, if you use a word that displays a certain kind of bias, so so to say, prejudice, or uh, you are are judging people, and they feel, uh, then they label you. They label your church, they label you, and they, they hang you. And the media, everybody, the whole town, the whole city, and soon they'll make it nationwide. And before you realize, nobody will even want to come near you. They ostracize you. Hallelujah. The next thing that I see will help a believer walk in the fear of God is when we experience God. When you are in an atmosphere that experience of God comes, like in Acts chapter 5, you know, when they heard about people, heard about Ananias and Sapphira, the Bible said, And there was fear came upon the church. When the experience of God, when people, miracles take place and healings take place. And people see God in action in their lives of other people. They see that God is real. And it affects them the way that that if I can, if this person walked in this year, he saw this God in a certain way. Then me too, I can experience God in a certain way. So you see in Acts chapter 5, it says, And great fear came upon all the church upon as many as heard these things. What they heard, as they were part of the church, it affected them. But if you cut yourself from the body, and you, don't, you are not part of the everything, you don't experience God. You don't want to walk with people who are experiencing God. You like to, to, to be away from people who experience God. You are not likely to walk in the fear of God. We cannot walk in the fear of God when we are very isolated. When we are always looking at life from only our angle but when you are around and you hear the testimony of the lord when you see what god is doing among the saints and we, we 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 know that god is wonderful god is god can judge we also know that god is loving and that if we fear him he rewards he has benefits. When somebody comes to share his testimony that this is what I experienced with God. And that because of the love and the fear of God I had with, uh, in my life, God has blessed me, promoted me. God has defended me like Joseph. God has fought for me. Then we are provoked. Now, ah, I also want to see this God. I want to experience this God. So people walk in the fear of God when they are around people or environment where people experience God. When you are experiencing, and so that's why you must pay attention when somebody is giving a testimony in church. When somebody is giving a testimony even in the, in the media or on whatever medium that you're hearing. Don't just dismiss it. Some people when they are hearing oh no, this one is not this like we, we, don't, we don't believe that God is still working. When it's like that you will not be able to walk in the fear of God. It is active, actively seeing the hand of God. That created the atmosphere in the book of Acts. So when the people saw and they heard, then say, Hey, this God who was able to deal with Ananias and Sapphira and all of these things that happened, and people, the shadows of saints were healing and uh, handkerchiefs and aprons coming out of people were healing and all of that. They say, Hey, then this God we must fear Him, we must revere Him, then we must draw close to Him so that we too we will experience some. But If They didn't know about that. They would just be living a normal life. They would just be ordinary Christians. But it takes walking in an atmosphere, experiencing God, to provoke that thing. Say amen. Another thing that I experienced and I know helps a person to walk in the fear of God is when we prioritize God. What do I mean by when you pray? Make God important. You know, many of us don't experience, have the experience of the fear of God because when it comes to even meeting, any slight thing can shift your focus. When it comes to offering, anything can take your money. Sometimes even the tithe which belongs to God, you don't make it. It's not a priority. When we say somebody fears God, one of the things, he purposes that the thing that is for God, I don't joke, I don't want to cross this path. What is God's is sacred, it's separate. So if it's a time I have to spend with God, a time I have to be in church, a time I have to give to God, or his people, or his servants, it's a priority. The moment it has to do with God, my attitude has to change. If you if have decided not to listen to something, the moment somebody comes in the name of the Lord, the scripture says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So I may have a principle, I may have an attitude, I may have an experience in life which makes me, just made me take a particular decision. But when somebody comes in the name of the Lord, I'm cautious. Because he comes in the name of the Lord. And even if it may put my my money or my at least sometimes I'll just say, Okay, cautiously. Sometimes, especially when we are dealing with people who come with stories and that they are meandering and all of that. One, sometimes you just, Okay, the scripture says, Perchance you may be dealing with an angel. So, out of that fear for that scripture, okay, be ten, be be a Just in case. It's part of the reverence, you know, you prioritize because the person may come in the name of the Lord. So, but if you you, ask, you can say, ask for me, as they the, say in Ghana, for me, my word is my bond. I don't know where that language came from. My word is my bond. I don't know if it's good English. <laughs> my word is my bond. So when I say yes, I say yes. If I say, I don't give you, I will not give you. So I've decided, no, don't be a Christian who, even when God has spoken, even when God is bringing angels or talking anywhere to you, you say, well, oh, me, I've decided. Prioritize God in your heart. Prioritize God in your giving, in your sacrifice. Hallelujah. When you look at 1 Samuel 2 verse 12 to 17, there's a story about Eli's children. Where the scripture says that when the people brought their meat, the meat which belonged to God, which they were supposed to use for the sacrifice, they will put their fork there and say, I lo- we love this meat. They didn't prioritize God. The portion which belongs to God, that's what they like. Hallelujah. They like the portion which belongs to God. And God was very upset with them, in the sons of Eli, because they were competing with the priority of God. And many of us, when it comes to money, there's a lot of problems there. We can say we are revenged when we are in a meeting place like this. We can be reverential in prayer. We can be reverential in fasting. But when it comes to one of the... I'm going to mention a few things that will test our fear of God in a, mo- in a moment. And you will see whether you really fear God. Maybe as I'm talking, you don't fornicate. You don't lie. But there are certain things that will show whether you are, you are still fearing God or not. Hallelujah. So, prioritizing God is a very important way of helping us to walk in the fear of God. Anything that has to do with God, I have to be careful. I have to be watchful. I have to realize that if it's, come, if it's a man of God, if it's a brother, if it's a sister, if it's a godly command, then I have to. my attitude has to be different. Your attitude has to be different. Shouldn't it be the same? Anything to do with God, some of us, you see, we see church, for example, as, oh, it's this person's church. That, they, they are church. You don't even see that a church as an institution is God's institution. We don't realize that. So that's why you're able to say the of the things you say and respond to the people who are in leadership or in, in or the way we respond. Because we see it, everybody else as it's, it's us. We and them. Oh, I knew him oh, 10 years ago, 20 years oh, You know, we treat people just as normal people. But if you understood that this is a child of God, If you, if you like, move away from even the pastor or the leader and come to other brethren, you realize that many of us have a problem. We are more comfortable. We will listen more to unbelievers than to believers. We will pay more attention to people that are not of the household of faith. But the scripture says do good to all men, especially the household of faith. Means There's a priority there. When a person prioritizes the things of God, God It shows that he reveres God. Hallelujah. Gives attention to the people of God. Now, another thing that helps is generational transfer. How do we walk in the fear of God? Psalm 22 verse 23. Psalm 22. It says, Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye of the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye of the seed of Israel. So if you put your name there, your seed, my name, my seed. If I, like God said to Abraham in Genesis 18, 18 and 19, I know, as for Abraham... I know that he, the way he is, he will teach his children and is how to follow the law. Hallelujah! So it means that the fear of the Lord can be taught. It can, we, 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 those of us who are in positions of authority, responsibility as parents, as older ones, and more mature in the faith, we have a duty to, um, to to teach, to tell people about the fear of God and the benefits of the fear of God, the dangers of not walking in the fear of God. We should not just take it our. Oh, it's their choice. Is it? No. We, whilst we are alive, we have a duty. And those of you, those of us who are under authority, we must also be humble. Don't don't be challenging everything your because you've been to school. Small anything your mother, or your father, or somebody who is above you says. Oh, well, this thing is your viewpoint. It's not always. It's not, oh, not always right. Some of the things we follow, and we are followed up to where we are. It's not because we believe in them or we we, we adore them No, sometimes we submit because of God hallelujah and we must be taught in that I told you the other day that if you want to follow God truly truly you must know that Christianity can be dogmatic it's not everything you want you have to understand and die put in a laugh analyze and criticize and make it work in your mind because the mind is too small to imagine God. So, all this intellectual thing that you can do gymnastics to prove and prove that uh, uh, 2 plus 2 is equal to 4. So, sometimes 2 plus 2 can be 5 in the, in the eyes of God. Otherwise, Jesus will not multiply the 5 barley loaves and 2 fish and more feed 5,000. If you are there, you will say that it doesn't add up. Yes, you go about mere economics and all these economics and all these indom, all these things. You'll be talking about Tefer and all these analysis. You'll be bringing World Bank, IMF, for kinetic, uh, 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 um, all the the laws of accounts. That's not how Adam Smith taught us. And all of those things. But when you come into the safe house of God, the way of God, those formulas that we have, some of it they, are, they work up to a point but they don't work in, this, in the sight of God. So it calls for caution. respected knowledge, but there's a limit. It must submit. Hallelujah. And by generational impartation, the fear of God can come to people. Say, so, ye sons of Israel, it means you, you, are, you, are, you are, the fear that has come upon you, the fear of God that has come upon them, is the result of the eight descendants of Israel. The fear of God has come upon is because they fear they are of the offspring of Jacob. While there were other people from Ishmael or some other, that fear may not be there. So, when I have people under me in one way or other, spiritually or physically, that fear uh, is my duty to, to, to as much as life my, within my means, let them know about this God that I serve and the fear, why they must walk in his fear and what he's able to do, what he's not able to do. That is why Eli was punished. It's all our response. All of us, and all those of us, parents and older ones, who are shy. You know, hey, as for this church, the youth, when you told their matter, they the, the, you don't know where she will up and now. If you see a young lady, your mama, and you see a young lady dressed a certain way, you can cautiously caution the sister. Call her. She may be snobbish at a point, but she will know the truth one day. If you see the way the way the person is dressed, is revealing too much, and you see it's being consistent, nicely, don't condemn them, but call them, encourage them. Maybe you can bless them with their dress or something. Teach them the right way, but not all just judging. It's not That's what I'm saying. You'll be helping the person. But if you say, oh, me, this people, oh, the, the, the way their sister is, the way her nose is pointed, and if I go and say it, and she smells me, because you fear their face, then you'll be like Eli. Hallelujah. Fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. So we're talking about how do I develop a lifestyle of fear of God. Last but one or two, let me just you know that I can finish on the practical applications. I realise that many of us eh, when it comes to fear of God, we like to talk about big things and small one of the biggest problems in the church is the classification of sin. We think that in our minds, okay, what are the big sins? Murder? Fornication? What else? What are the big sins? Stealing. Uh So what are the small ones? (laughs) You see, this is where the problem is. In our, from our childhood, we have been coached for a long time, why lie? Uh, 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 being economical with the truth. Those are expressions. Lying. The, the another word for lying is you are being economical with the truth in political circles. So, <laughs> you are not giving it, you are not telling the truth fully. being You are not sure, okay, give half-half, and then you leave the person to guess the rest of the answer. But there's nothing like that in the Bible. Hallelujah. And because of that, when we even come into Christ, we are not renewed in that. So when we even talk about confession and the fear of God, once you know that this whole week you have not fornicated, you have not stolen, you have not killed, you have not told a big lie. And even the lies we have classifications, big lie, medium sized lie, and small lie. Because if you, if you lie on the radio, it's a big lie. But if you lie to your child or you lie to your parents, it's a small lie. Especially when you are not caught. It is when you are caught that it becomes a lie. If you are not caught, then it's, a, it's an insignificant lie. That is the way human beings think. But when the Holy Spirit gets into the picture, He shines His light there and it's not the same story. Hallelujah. And that is why we need to be careful and use the conviction of the Spirit to determine and Jesus said, if you are not faithful in little things, in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, if you are faithful in little things, you are faithful in much. So that means that if, we, are, if, we, if even we, we, we don't fear God in little things, we can't fear God in big things. And I see that those of us who have that mindset, that, oh, if I exaggerate, it's not, even a, it's not a lie. Exaggeration is also a lie. Telling things that are not exactly true, even not telling it when you know you are supposed to say to, save a, to, to, to bring light to a situation, is also a lie. So you see that if you are not careful, because of balancing the act, and sometimes you say, oh, I'm being wise. That's also another way of modernity. You apply wisdom. <laughs> and under the guise of applying wisdom and all of these jargons, we have moved from obeying God or walking in the fear of God even in little things. And I notice that if you don't obey God in little things or walk in the fear of God in little things, you will see in the so-called big things, within time we will be found wanting. Hallelujah. So I pray that that mindset, the scripture says that the weapons of our warfare are not mighty to God, the pulling down of stronghold. That is the stronghold. That idea that there are big lies or big sins and small sins. May God pull down Every stronghold like that, so that we know that every, if we every sin is sin, every iniquity, even in heart, at that sometimes Jesus said, when you look at a woman lust, lustfully, you have sin. So that we begin to operate from the spirit perspective, not the way my man looks, because man he looks from the outside, but God looks inside. Say Amen. I think I'll suspend the issues of developing the the, the lifestyle of fear. Let me now quickly roll down a few things that would be like a checklist for all of us. How do I know that I'm walking in the fear of God? Number one, I see from the book of Job. If I want to walk in the fear of God, how do you treat confession of sin? In the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, we are told that Job, when his children went to have parties, he would come and says, perchance. Let's come. Too many, especially evangelicals, we take it for granted. This thing about confession of sin. It's very important. As much as lies within our means. Even if you can't do it before you come to the church, when you arrive in church, make it part of you. Don't just enjoy the prayer because you like the tune of the song, the worship, you like it, and that sort of thing. But, take a moment. When you read the book of uh, Proverbs, it says that God is above and we are here. Don't you come before God. Don't be in a hurry to be uttering. The culture of confession of sins is a very important culture. Especially because of the blood of Jesus. And it's not something you, you, we, 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 we try to suppress by speaking in tongues and rolling and trying to you know, be happy. No, it's not something. We, it, it is a remorseful, humble appearance before God. But because of the way we look at things these days, in our excitement as evangelicals, we take it for granted. We just run in. We don't reflect many times as we come before God. In our devotions, we take it for granted. Once we start, you can speak in tongues. We start speaking in the tongues, and the tongues is not about confession, it's not about conviction. So that's why many times we go back and we are worse off. Job, the scripture says, he didn't take it for granted. And that showed how he feared God. That I don't want to even pick and that that comes up with the issue of even like our offerings and our tithes. Sometimes to be on the safe side you may say, okay, even though I've forgotten some of the money that I received. So if I'm I I earn a thousand and so 300, I'd rather even pay 120 so I don't steal God's money. That is something that shows that there is, you are developing a culture of fear. But when you are even analyzing the hundred that girls God, Charlie, let me pay 50 now, and maybe this time I'm on, how to pay this for this one, how to pay that for that, and all that is going on in your mind, then we've got a problem here. Hallelujah. So, check yourself. The second thing I noticed about people that fear God in the Bible is that their personal devotion was very consistent. And one of them is Noah. In Genesis 8.20, the Bible said, as soon as he came out of the ark, the first thing he did was to have an altar and perform a sacrifice. I don't think that, there, there was no Bible at the time. There was no Mosaic law. There was no Abrahamic covenant. But he knew, even at that time, that when you come out of any situation with God, you offer a sacrifice to God. This devotional life that Noah set up is very important. And look at in the New Testament, as I told you earlier on. Cornelius, a man who was not born again, but he knew the power of devotion. The scripture said he he, he gave his arms and he prayed daily. He came before God. He didn't joke with it. Personal devotion. Daniel and his friends, they went through the same experience. A third way in which you can tell if you, you are really walking in the fear of God is your attitude towards God's people. Especially leaders. Our attitude towards God's people. How do you see God's do You see other, other believers as just ordinary people. Especially leaders as, oh, we are all so, so, we are all we are, we are all Christ has kind of set us free. Or, how do you see God's people and God's house. How do you see? Because it's a mindset. If you see God's people as ordinary, it's a sign. Because when you look at the the, the, the scriptures very well, when God brought Joshua, when God brought Moses, those who feared God, they also feared Moses, they also feared Joshua. Not fear as in, Pastor Benfong said yesterday, not in trepidation, that they, 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 were, they were shaking and all of that. No, but they honor. But if in your mind, oh, after what? Even with parents, people wait, I mean, around, they, they see older people in church, not the church. they don't greet, they don't care. After all, we are in church. You don't care. Some people even do, do when they want to greet you, it's so artificial. They are walking, they are saying peace and many blessings. I don't understand where that culture came from. It's in Because if you don't say that, the person will say that when you pass by, you didn't greet me. So to to fulfill all righteousness, many of us will do that. But render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Amen. So the way we treat people, the way we relate to people, especially people who are divinely placed, God's people, is a sign. When you go to the Book of Kings, Elijah and the widow, 1 Kings 17, there's a story there. See a widow, there's a story there. The way people, even in the Old Testament, when they didn't know the word so much, their approach was different. Hallelujah. One of the touchy areas of showing that we know or fear God is money. Let's look at Psalm 76 verse 11. Psalm 76 verse 11. Vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that be around bring him presents unto him that ought to be what? That ought to be what? That ought to be what? So when you have made a vow, it is the fear of God that will make you honor. There's no point in honoring a vow when you know you don't intend to pay. And when it's time to pay, you are struggling. Or you are paying, but you are grudgingly paying. You are grumbling. What are they going to do with the money? And why didn't they do this? And they, you are arguing. You are paying your tithe, but it is a struggle. You can't. You have been a Christian for ten years, but you can't freely, liberally give God His due in tithe. And yet, you are very reverential. Every day you come, you say sign of the cross. You have even bought rosaries. You have, you have, you are very quiet. Everybody believes that you are very, you know, spiritual. But when it comes to your tithe. When the pastor or anybody, administration, they say, let's call on this sister or this brother's side and find out what is going on there. They say, hey, potholes, galleys, missing links, filling the gaps. And yet, when we see your face, you can see that, oh, you look very pious. When they greet you, peace and many blessings. Hallelujah. Amen. But your money doesn't know that. Then there's a question mark on your fear of God. My sister, my brother. Because that is the sign that, That's one thing God is looking at. That is a sign that you are sold out to him. The portion of your money is the portion of your life to God. It's an entrustment, Entrusting of yourself to God. Like the methodist say, We give thee back your own. Whatever gift it may be. All that we have is dying alone. And so we entrust it back to thee. So it's not for me. I'm afraid. You have to be afraid of God's money to keep it and to use chop some food and chop ten months. And feel free. And no conscience is working. And yet they are very, very, they can lead, they can do worship songs, praise songs, do every song, everything. I'm not talking about the leaders, so I'm talking about, I mean, like, they can, if you go and meet them in their house and they are doing worship in the bathroom, oh, you know that heavens have descended. They can sing more than Dinah, someone. And just, I will still be good. When you hear them worshiping in their bathroom, you know that God has come. But when they finish, finish. And they have to pay their tithes oh no no no, no. oh the pledge they have made they have forgotten all oh, it's a sign see even fear something they say oh I've, i forgot it's not common it's very unusual because and i always tell people people tell oh i don't know your house it's far and they i don't know i said oh, if you if you are going to new york people students who are 18 years travel from here they go to new york or or wisconsin, wisconsin. Uh, States like Amer- uh, Wisconsin in America, and they, their parents put them on the plane, they find the school. They don't get lost. And you are in Accra, you want pastors to come and visit your you house. Oh, I don't, know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know when you are free. And you are, I, I don't know. Oh, I forgot my tithe. I forgot my, my pledge. If they had promised you 10,000 pounds, will you have forgotten? But when you have to pay to the Lord, you forget. It's a sign of reverence. Because if, if, if they said that, pay that money to enter university or to gain admission to a job, will you forget? That one will don't forget. You will dream about it. Or if you are traveling and the, you are going to even, sometimes even a place like Lagos. And the, 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 the day hasn't come. You see that where the money, your heart is beating. Because you are going to sit in aeroplane. Hallelujah. May God help us. I want to mention just one. There are a few other things. but I'll just mention one more and we'll pray briefly. The last thing, which is very important. How do I know that I fear God? How do you know you fear God? What is your attitude in the presence of God? When you come to church, when oh, you are coming to church, what mind? You sometimes people are coming to church. You know that is showing the the, the, the feel. Then you come and the the way, you know, you're on WhatsApp, iPad, what all the things, Facebook. You are taking pictures. You are recording. You are you are responding to some. And the mind is in, the body is here, but the mind is far. And agenda here, agenda there, you know. What do we do? It's a sign of reverence. It's a sign. Maybe you, 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 you will not see it that way. But in the scriptures, in Leviticus, I think 10 or 11, priests, Nadab and Abahim, the scriptures say, and they offered strange incense before the Lord. And when they offered strange incense, God didn't accept it, but God judge them. Hallelujah. So, it's possible that we are in church. It's possible that we are mo- some of the most regular members. Is in 10 verse 1 here. Leviticus Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them their incense and put fire there and put incense and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not. You come to church, but you have decided that whether it's praise or worship or what. May, what, may these girls have... Let, what is this? As my friend, pastor, used to say, that what is this? Let, are we in primary school? Get up, stand up. Get up, stand up. Get, get, get down, sit down. Get up. Are we primary school kids? Let me say this. You see, when you come to church, unless you are medically challenged or something like that, as much as possible, any instruction whoever is there gives. Let's try to just, out of reverence for God. The person there is not standing there by his own self. We believe that God has anointed him or her to give instructions. So, and if you, you have, some of us have never been there to give an instruction to receive people who are just being insolent and how it affects your, your spirit if you are not careful. So don't provoke God by provoking the persons who are doing it. Even if you think He's doing it too much, don't worry. God will find a way to talk to Him or Her. But don't take it upon yourself that maybe i my God looks at our heart. Then you use your own theology to judge. No, People do it in church, and yet. When they finish, oh, peace and blessings, they are very reverential, And on the surface, it looks like you are very, you fear God because you are in church, you are in all the meetings, you are doing well, you are giving a good offering. But that attitude that you put up, that incense of worship that you put, it was an offense to God. That incense of praise that you put up, that kind of prayer that you put up. The way you respond, you act to your face when the preacher was coming to you and he, he, me, I, I, I You are staying it in your heart. As they are asking questions. Don't come here, If you ask me, next I won't speak to again. Will, what is all this? I'm telling you, it's going on in people's hearts. Me, I don't like questions. That's why I don't go to Sunday school. When they ask you, when be asking, they'll be coming to you, they'll coming to you. And if you get it, you don't get it right, then the children will be laughing and all the and the whole church will be laughing. I don't like that sort of thing. And because of that, you have taken offence. And the last time the pastor asked you, you goofed or you didn't say it quite right. The pastor too reacted, jokingly. He tells you it was a joke, but you have taken it. You have, you have you meant, as they say in Ghana, you've meant him. And you are offended. You are sitting where you are sitting because you have decided that you don't want to be located. So that these kind of questions and uh, interrogation, we came to church. We didn't come for an exam. Then give me the scripture. Give me the. And you take offence. It's true that attitude. Some people can chew gum. All the seats. They are in church. I mean, all things happening they are passing notes and some people too are giggling and, and also gossip. Some people too, they do their posts, they thing after they have left. Hey, open an LTA. <laughs> then, I mean, I don't say don't discuss them if they will bless you or whatever, but do it in a spiritual way. Don't do analysis of spiritual things you may not understand in a carnal way. Are you with me? When you come to church, be spiritual. And after the church, to be spiritual. Don't come to church and look at people's yellow and green dress and, and why does he stand at one place? Why does he do this? Why does he speak only English? Why does he speak all those kind of ideas? When, when he speaks the guy we don't understand. When he speaks, we also want to understand. And all those grumbling spirits. It's not, it's a show of lack of the fear of God. Even if you give good offering, even if you give pay good tithes. Even if you don't fornicate, even if you don't commit adultery, even if you don't steal or lie, when we come before God, we must watch what we do and how we do what we do. And even for those of us who even minister, the Spirit will teach you do what we do. If you are a worship leader, praise leader, are you coming to show off, make a statement and all of those things. There are a lot of things that God is watching about us. My prayer is that We'll do it in the fear of God. God will will accept it. Not be like Nadab and Abihu, who God was offended by, because they did not fear God. Let's bow heads. Take a moment. We are going to come to communion on Sunday. Sometimes we need to just prepare well in advance. And as we are considering these things, I pray that we allow the Holy Spirit to touch us. Ask him to heal us where we are wounded most. Where we are bleeding. Where we have sidestepped God. As the scripture says, he is above and we are here. May the Lord help you and I. Maybe it's not everything that I've mentioned, but the Holy Spirit has talked to you about something else. Let him deal with you. Let Him address your situation. Let Him help you. That any area that I've not worked in the fear of God, may God bring healing to me. May God bring healing to you. If it's reverencing God in the church. Maybe money. Attitude towards leaders. Attitude towards other brethren. Any area. May God help bring the fear. Himself into your hearts.
1: Open your heart to the Lord in prayer, for He said to his servant. As for man, he looks at the outside. But I, the Lord, I look in the inside of a person. This matter that has been raised this past two days, please don't take it for granted. Be very honest with God in this short moment of time. I believe the great Holy Spirit who helps us was already pointing things out to you because the Word of God came. Be very frank about them. Tell Him, Lord, this, this thing, I, I don't want it. Take it out from me. The Lord can do everything. Tell Him, Lord. Help me out. I was praying the other day and came across a very strong scripture. Now is the time to be serious. Watch and pray. Ah! Talk to the Lord. He hears the prayer. Any prayer said from the heart of a person the Lord hears. Oh, Father, that the revelation of the fear of God will dawn on our hearts and that we'll be renewed in our minds. Fill us, oh God, tonight with the fear of God. Take away the things that makes us take things for granted in the name of Jesus. Break every stony heart, O God, and let it be replaced with a heart of flesh. Anything that we have esteemed in our own righteousness, the Bible says that they went about establishing their own righteousness, not according to the righteousness of God. Father, tonight... Anything that we have so cherished in our own way, we ask, O oh God. Break it in the name of Jesus. Break it in the name of Jesus. So that the fear of the Lord will have a cause in us. Thank you, Father. You have made it so clear that you will not accept anyone with a sport. Ah! Ah! so therefore Lord we do not want anything to be left and taking it lightly as it was said this is a small thing opening our eyes to them all as we confess these things to you we bless you tonight dear Lord oh we love you you are such a great God oh you are a good father The heavens and the earth were made by you. Your wisdom is so deep, dear Lord. Where were you standing when you created them? It is something that is beating our minds. But it shows how great you are. Tonight you are the one that we surrender to. Prepare our hearts, O God, to fear you. And especially on Sunday that we may not come anyhow. We pray for ourselves and pray for our brethren in the mighty name of Jesus. Asking for cleansing. Lord, sanctify this church. Sanctify all of us. By the blood. The blood. The blood. That speaks better things. We thank you for the two days. The fear of the Lord. Teach us to wisdom. Teach us to understanding. Teach us to the obedience of the Lord. That we may serve you, God, in fear. This alone, when our hearts are filled with it, we will be fine. Let the fear of God, which is the beginning of every wisdom, be our portion. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, Father. We thank you for your faithfulness in hearing our prayer and in answering our prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen.